welcome to another episode of Food for Thought, a bonus show of the Pipes Magazine radio show, and a big thank you to our sponsors, SmokingPipes.com, Missouri Mearsham, Cornell and & Deal, and Savinelli Pipes. Because of them, we're able to keep doing these, and I uh, hope you'll find this interesting, because this time we're talking about real estate, and for many, many, many people... Buying or selling a home is going to be the single biggest transaction they ever do. It's going to be a the probably the single most important financial transaction of most people's lives. So we're talking real estate. We're talking with Lori Brown, who we've had you on the show before, Lori, because you're kind of you. I don't know what I don't know what you did wrong, but Kevin's kind of got his hooks into you, and you know, snook, <laughs> yeah, snookered you so. Uh, yes. uh, Lori Brown, realtor. Welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. All right, so you are a uh, you are a realtor in the state of Florida. So anything that you know legally would be in the state of Florida. So we'll just keep this generic to not the state of Florida and all usual U.S. things, right? Okay, sounds good. All right, yep. so so first of all, how long have you been selling? Or listing or realting or whatever whatever you call that stuff is. <laughs> Kevin Kevin says that I, I'm keeping it real in real estate. Yo, yeah. <laughs> I actually got my license on Christmas Eve in 2009. Uh, all right, so you've been at it a while. Yes, I have. Yeah. And I started at the bottom of the bottom of the market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was learning foreclosure, short sale, all of that stuff in my first few years. Ooh, was, yeah. Go ahead. All right, so that so that, that's not fun. Um, no, 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 that wasn't. <laughs> no. Um, so now let, let's just talk about this. What are a couple of things that you advise buyers to that they that they really should do when they're looking at? Either when they're either looking at a house or they've made the offer and they're buying the house, what are what are some of your must dos? Well, first of all, get yourself a buyer's agent. Don't try to do it by yourself. Yeah. Um, but for for my and you also want to start off by getting pre-approved for a loan, um, or or make sure that you have your proof of funds ready because once you find that house and you want to put an offer in, you got to have that to put the offer in, at least here in the state of Florida. I don't know if that's generic or not. But anyway, um, when when looking at a house, I find that it it's mostly emotional for buyers. Yeah. Um, they walk in typically and know within the first few seconds whether they like it or not. Um, me as their realtor, when I'm with them, I, I'm looking for all the things they're not looking for. And pointing them out to them, like for instance, older windows. Um, you know, they use cheaper flooring. You know, I'm pointing out the things that they're not going to see the first time around, so that they're aware that they're there. Um, and I, I tell them to just make sure because I don't care if you're buying a house that's a hundred thousand dollars, which you couldn't find that now, um, or one that's a million dollars, it's still the biggest purchase you are going to make. Yeah. And it's still as big of an, an investment. So I want to make sure, and I say this to them, I want to make sure that you love this house. Now, and I think this is important to point out, but when you're working with a buyer as a buyer's agent, um, the buyer doesn't actually pay you. No, you, you get paid out of the, the, off the, the seller the, side. Listing agents. 
yeah. commission. The listing agent offers a split of the commission that the seller is paying, which is typically a 50-50 split. And, and that's the other thing that everybody should understand is that you really, I, I guess, you know, when even when we've bought homes, um, we had our own agent. We didn't use the same agent that was selling the house because right. we wanted you on our side purely thinking about us. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I, I have been the listing agent where I have represented both sides and I did my very best to be the fairest I could be on both sides. Um, but that's a very rare thing to happen these days. I, it, I can't even count on one hand how many times that's happened. So are there any uh, so I, I, I understand from real estate that there's three key things. It's location, location, location. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Location is definitely very important. Um, another thing people always say is you don't want to buy the biggest house or the nicest house on the block. But that's just a cliche thing that's been set out there for years. I'm not I don't necessarily think that's actually true all the time. Um, but yeah, here in I live in St. Petersburg, Florida. Downtown here has been booming for the last five, six, seven years now. And believe it or not, it's more expensive and a bigger hotspot than the beach. <laughs> well, I know, right? <laughs> well, I've been to those beaches there and they're just big, flat, warm, hot water bathtubs kind of sometimes. They are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't go to the beach very often, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I asked Kevin the last time he went to the beach and he said, I don't know, is it still there? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a hot spot out there during this whole coronavirus yeah, thing. Yeah. People are out there in hordes. But uh, anyway, we're off topic. Yeah. So you were also wanting to ask about when listing a home, what I advise people. Well, uh, back on the buyer side. Oh, so, yes, buyer side. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you've got a location or an area of town that you're going to be happy with, right? Because you... Correct. Yeah, you, you need... Schools are important. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, things to do around the house that you like to do are important, or maybe right. maybe the amount of people around you are important because maybe you don't want to be in a high-rise condo and you want to have a backyard. Right, and that's where I usually start with a buyer, um, whether it's via phone or an in-face person-to-person meeting, because I'm going to set up a specific search for them in my, our MLS system that's interactive between me and my buyer. So I ask all of those questions, and if they're... Um, from here, they typically know what area they want to be in. They typically know um, that part. So that's not not the hard part there. Um, when it's a, a client coming in from out of town, like for instance, I just closed a sale last week where they moved down here from Atlanta. Um, they came down two or two times, I think, before we put an offer in. But the first time they came down, it was intensive. They were here for three days, and we went to all the different areas of Tampa Bay. So I spent one whole wow. day in St. Pete, one whole day in Tampa, and one day up in the northern areas of Safety Harbor, Dunedin, and um, Clearwater, so that they could figure out the area they wanted to be in. And it was good. And then from there, yeah. Yeah. From a, uh, from a buyer standpoint, what, I mean, I... I know that I, you know, when I look at a house, I'm really interested in, you know, the structural stuff, the things that are really expensive to repair. Um, and sometimes that happens post, you know, in the, in the inspection phase of it. But Right, typically. Mm -hmm. But those are the things that 
that you would look at for your for your buyer as well before you place an offer you know, like is, yes. is the roof old and yes windows are freaking expensive absolutely I, I i when i'm going through and i'm setting up appointments because we go through and we you might you know mac ugh, sorry map everything out yeah. and go see five or six houses in at one time um typically i tell but clients, you really don't want to see more than five in a day because it is overwhelming. It yeah. really, you forget and you forget about stuff. But yeah, the, th the three things, the uh, AC age, the water heater, and the roof are the three things I ask for and always try to get those answers before we even go. Most of the time, if they're newer, they have it listed in the, uh, in the public remarks. <laughs> and if they're not newer? Then... And if they're not there, I'm questioning, correct. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, now, uh, now switch hats for me. Um, you're, a, you're representing the seller who, mm -hmm. you know, again, this is now, this is where the monies start coming down because the seller is paying the listing, you know, paying all the, all the commissions and some of the listing fees and, and that stuff. Right. Am I right? right. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some of the things that you tell your sellers that they have to do or that they really should do before they put the house up for sale? Well, first of all, I will set, schedule an appointment to go and see the place. I've got one coming up tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Um, they want, to be, want me to come out there and just kind of go, go around the house and tell them anything. You want to declutter, you know, try to make the house less personal to you. Um, and then, of course, there may be certain, you know, very easy things that aren't updated that just spending a little bit of money and a little bit of elbow grease, you can get, you'll get a lot more for your money out of that. And sometimes maybe that's updating an appliance or um, trying to think of little things off the top of my head, Re replacing knobs on cabinets, you know, just little things like that, that because me being a buyer's agent, I know what they're, they're looking for out there. Mm -hmm. So I can yeah. offer those little things. Maybe the carpet needs to come up and just replace it with, you know, whatever the best flooring out there is that's not too expensive. Those types of things. Is it true that kitchens and bathrooms sell houses? For the most part, yes. <laughs> so where the food and, and good flooring, <laughs> where, where the food comes in and where the food goes out, that's what's important. Uh, right. <laughs> of course, you would say that, Brian. Well, that's where, yeah. Automatically, that's where my mind goes to. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, they definitely can. And also an entryway and how you feel when you mm -hmm. walk in the door. Um, you want to make that that first impression big. Uh, you know, a good one. Yeah. And I guess this goes back to the buyer side of it, but you want as a, as a perspective buyer, I've always felt like I want to walk into the house and feel home. Yeah. Like it's going to be your home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you just want, you want that, you want that sigh of, yeah, that, that sigh of air to go out as you walk in. So you, so as a seller, you want to, create that so it, right. you know it, it may not be the best time to have all the uh you know have all the japanese anime posters up that have or <laughs> monster movie posters of weird stuff exactly exactly yeah so you'll you'll go through the house with the with the seller and make basic suggestions of ways to clean it up and and right think little things that they can do to to make it better i had um a couple of years ago if you want me to tell a story, oh, I can yeah, tell just please. a quick story. A couple of years ago, um, a friend of mine on Facebook asked if she could call me. She had a real estate question and wanted to know, you know, 
what we what they could do. And, you know, we talked a little bit about it. We talked about it. I said, typically it's price, but, you know, I, I don't really know what the, the deal is. What is your arrangement? Because she was wanting me to represent her now at this point after the conversation we had. And I said, well, then you just need to tell your listing agent and see if they'll let you out of the contract, which they did. They were nice about it. So I went over there. I told them, I can't remember any specific things, but some certain things in the bathroom to do, um, things that weren't that outrageously crazy. But her house had been on the market for five months and wasn't getting any showings. Oh boy. Four or five months, hardly any showings. And that's a key indicator that there's an issue. Um, so I went and told them a few things. I told her, I, I expect to have this under contract within a month or two. And we had it under contract in a month. They did all the stuff I suggested. Um, I had professional photography done, which I pay for. So I'm, I think it's very important to have professional photography done, especially for your higher end listings. Now I'm yeah. very good with an iPhone and for lower end listings, I can take really good photography myself and I would do that for that sometimes, but I do recommend professional photography for, for higher end listings for sure. So, uh, we had it under the, under contract in a month or two and they were off to Australia, which is where <laughs> they live now. So it was great. In in a situation like that, if a house is under con, if a house is up is listed for five six months, is that could that also be a, a combination of the house isn't you know, the the listing isn't presented properly and the listing agent is not doing their job and just kind of sitting on it and not really working it. Um. Yes and no. W to be honest with you, with the MLS these days, a listing agent doesn't really have to do that much anymore. I never do open houses and there are many reasons why. And I explain this to my sellers. If they have a problem with it, then I'm sorry. I, I think I've done one just because I can't remember why that took place, but I don't do them for a variety of reasons. If you're there by yourself and say five or six couples walk in the door at the same time, they could be off in other rooms. There are liability issues involved there where things yeah. can get stolen because I can't police all of that. So, not only that, there's also the safety reasons of being by yourself alone <laughs> yeah. as a female realtor in a house. And so I don't do them. Um, typically, they're really only done so that the listing agent can get new buyers because they're hoping there'll be pe people that comes through the door that um, they can sign up to be a new um, person that they could work with. Okay. Uh, or a new client is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And um, it's really only 1% to 2%, I think, is the percentage of homes that actually sell from an open house. Wow. So I know most people don't realize that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I am legally supposed to talk about this or not talk about this, but also another reason that a home may, may sit on the market, depending on which homes around it, uh, there are agents out there that'll, that'll take a lower commission. Like around here, 6% is what I ask for, mm -hmm. but there are agents that will do a 5% commission. And, that commission gets split. So as a buyer's agent, when you're looking in the MLS to set up appointments, you'll see a th either 3% offering or a 2.5% offering or 2% offering. And I would never do this. I never have done it. But there, if you can imagine, you got house A and house B and they're both equal, which one do you think the agent's going to want to show? Yeah, the 3%. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I don't do that. I've never done it, but I know there are agents out there that do that. So that could be another reason a house is sitting on the market for five or six months. Uh, let, let's let's touch on a um, on a uh, targeted a targeted and sensitive subject. Um, okay. If, for example, me has smoked in the house, 
mm-hmm. is that a is that a real big turnoff? And is there? Some, it is. Yeah. So sorry, you, Brian. Because yeah, well. <laughs> because to non smokers, you can walk in the door and you smell it immediately, and the first thing that's said is, "How would we ever get rid of that? We won't be able to get rid of that." And yeah, that has been that is definitely an issue. So is that a point where you would start thinking about painting and redoing uh, carpet and stuff like that before you got the listing ready for sale? Yes. And maybe trying to find a service that offers coming in. And I think it's ozone can get rid of that, too. Um, Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Sorry for all of us that like to smoke in our house. Um, (laughs) But in my case, you know, I'll be in a coffin at that point or in an urn somewhere. Uh, or sprinkled <laughs> all over Disneyland, but so it won't be my job. So sorry to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. All right. So give us give us some good nightmare stories, juicy ones, no names. I, no, I'll give you the very best. I have this one. Actually, I have two stories for you. One of them is my story, and one of them is a story my friend told me yesterday. That's happened. My realtor <laughs> friend, who's one of my best friends, told me yesterday that's going on right now. But this, my first, my story was from back in uh, 2011. I actually, it was a condo here where Kevin lives. <laughs> um, a, a good friend of mine, he was uh, buying the condo. I was the buyer's agent. And it was a good old short sale, which of course, if anybody knows anything about short sales, they're nowhere near short. Yeah. Um, now, so that, let's we, back we, up we, for a second. A short yes. sale is where the bank owns it and no, or no, some. No. It's still owned by the actual um, owner, and the problem is the house or the condo or whatever is worth worth less than what is owed to the bank. Okay. So that's a sh- that's a short. All right, got it. So that's why they call it a short sale because it's it's. But what happens during the short sale process is you, and typically I recommend using an attorney when you're going through that is you're you're trying to get the bank to accept whatever offer it is that's put on the contract. So they had back then thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of these sitting, you know, the banks did sitting there and they're, you're trying to get through this approval process and the hands aren't talking to each other. Yeah. It can take months. I've had, I've had one take a year. So <laughs> this one was about seven or eight months in, I would say. And we were finally, finally getting it to a closing part and we'd waited and waited. And the seller lived in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So we had to FedEx overnight the um, documents for him to sign and then FedEx back so they would be there the next day when we were at the closing table with my buyer. I wake up the next morning. We're all excited. Mark's finally so excited because yeah, the house, the condo's finally going to be his. And I wake up the next morning early for some reason, and I open my MacBook or my laptop at the time, and I'm sitting in bed, and I see Tuscaloosa downtown hit by major tornado. I'm like, Oh no! What? Do you remember this at all when no. Tuscaloosa was hit? Oh my God! I'm like, You've got to be kidding me! So as soon as I could make a phone call to the other agent, I did that morning because I was up around six, I think. I called her around eight, and she's like, We can't get a hold of them. And we know that the place that he worked was was leveled by the tornado, so they couldn't get a hold of the guy. And I think it was finally around 12 or 1, and the FedEx overnight never arrived. It was around 12 or 1, and she finally got a hold of him, and she called me, and she's like, oh, my God, he dropped it off at the FedEx office, and two minutes later, 
the, that FedEx Kinko's was leveled by the tornado. Wow. And the guy was okay, but that, that it was leveled. So we're all going, okay, well, maybe I guess the paperwork's not going <laughs> to you know, get here, blah, blah, blah. Sure enough, the next day, somehow FedEx got it to us and we were able to close the next day. But I'm like, really? A tornado? <laughs> of all things. <laughs> of all things. The, uh, yeah. So that's, I think, my, one of my all-time craziest stories. Um, yesterday, my friend was over visiting and we were chatting and she was talking about how she's trying to help some other friends of ours that um, are buying a house. So she's the buyer's agent. And uh, it's been going smoothly. The um, the gentleman was, was uh, I think, in his 60s, and he had a power of attorney. So Jennifer had been working with the power of attorney the whole time. So that power of attorney person was signing everything for him. And then I guess sometime last week, he was hospitalized for COVID-19. Oh. Right. But nobody told Jennifer this. So Monday they were doing stuff and they were, they were getting stuff fixed up on the house that had to be done. It's a really long story. I'm making it very short. But the long and short of it is um, they were going to close this past Monday, except Friday night at 845, the poor gentleman passed away. Oh, no. Yes. So now what happens, the power of attorney was not, I think she said the power of attorney had to be a direct or something like that power of attorney. And this, this wasn't how it was written up. So now it's got to go through probate and that can take up to eight months to get this closed. It's the difference between direct and durable. Durable. Is that what I'm looking for? No, direct means that it's only if the person authorizes it, I believe. And durable means it's whatever you have, you have full authority, whether the person says yes or no afterwards. So, Right. So durable yeah. was what need, it needed. She needed yeah. to be because she would be able to still sign off on it. And at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's a big horror story and always around it. <laughs> I feel terrible for the family and terrible that he passed away. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, have you walked into a house and seen any um, any you know, some strange things or weird things? And I'll, I'll, the example that I'll use was. um Three years ago, before we bought the house we're in now, we walked into one house and the one of the bedrooms upstairs was decorated as a girl's as a girl child's bedroom. Mm -hmm. And there's a security camera between two windows facing down onto the child's bed. Oh, my. <laughs> Instead of the windows are facing, you know, on the opposite wall facing right? the windows so, so <laughs> that left us a weird feeling for that house completely and guess what we didn't buy that house um, i bet you did not <laughs> wow yeah actually recently um i was showing houses to clients uh in a couple months ago and we walked in this house and and it was a short sale which i haven't even seen a short sale in years i i <laughs> especially shown one so anyway, we walk in, and when you walk to the back of the house, there were these two rooms that are, were across from each other, and then we noticed that they had locks on the doors where you could lock them from the outside, but you couldn't open them from the inside. <laughs> I'm like, uh, 
this is just weird and creepy. They didn't buy that house. <laughs> it was just so weird. And then there was, this was a while back, I remember, and I've seen this a couple of times, they have toilets in the garden that they're growing plants out of. Pottied plants. Potty plants. Yeah. <laughs> but not pot. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, it's. I actually think that plants growing out of old toilets is perfect because at the end of the season, you just close the lid and you don't have to look at the at the shriveled up plants. And then at the beginning of the season, you open them up again and they sprout again. Um, oh, there you go. Okay, then, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know there was one, and I can't remember what it was, so I don't even know why I'm bringing it up, but I was showed one place where I took pictures because it was so funny <laughs> and I don't remember what it was, but I think it was some like younger boys or some, or not boys, but young men that were uh, roommates that were sharing this place. And there was just some funny stuff around there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and yeah. and I would imagine if you're selling a, an existing rental property, you probably run into some strange stuff too, because the tenants oh. will do weird things. Oh, I had a deal fall through where um, I was the buyer's agent, and this was a friend of mine that I was uh, helping to find a home, and she loved this house, and we got it under contract, and there were tenants living in it, and they absolutely, even though we had the appointment for the, the inspection, absolutely refused for us to complete the property inspection completely. <laughs> and there were a couple other things that happened. And then because of that, she, my client said, forget it. I get all bad vibes from this. Let's, let's go find another house. And she found a great house. But yeah, it's just crazy stuff. So let's just, as in, a, in, a short and, in a short and concise version of it, let, can you just take us through all the little things that happened from the time you have a buyer that has found a house that they like, they make the offer, the offer gets accepted. What's kind of the process and the pitfalls and the, and the hold your breath moments that go on through that whole thing? Well, there's really only two hold your breath moments um, for me, and that's uh, property inspections because you never know what's going to come up yeah. on a property inspection. And it's really you're back to the negotiation table at that point. Depending on the contract that you've used in the state of Florida, people got so used to using what's called an as-is contract um, during the short sale and foreclosure time frame mm -hmm. frames because during short sales and foreclosures, they weren't fixing anything. You're just buying the property as it is. Yeah. So realtors got so used to using that contract that they forgot there's an actual real contract that doesn't let a buyer out for any reason whatsoever. In an as-is contract, a buyer can get out for any reason whatsoever in the first 15 days or whatever that time frame is for the inspection period. But on, a, on another contract, it actually specifies the things that the seller must fix up to a certain dollar amount and things that they don't have to fix. And that just makes it easier for everybody, in my opinion. Um, so from there, from once you're under contract, there's three days to deposit escrow, which is the earnest money deposit that you're putting down that will apply towards the purchase of the home at closing. Um, then you have whatever decide you have up to 15 days for the inspection period. I typically shorten that to 10 because the, the sellers like that better when it's a shorter inspection period time frame. Um, and then there's the appraisal process. So once you get through inspections and um, get all that negotiated and all that's good, um, then the, I tell my lender to go ahead and order the appraisal because, you know, your clients are paying for all this along the way. You don't want them to pay for stuff and then you're not going to be able to move on. So I'm always looking out for the best interest of my buyers because they have to pay for the inspections and then pay for the appraisal up front too. 
Um, and we've had nightmares, you know, where appraisals have come in $20,000 too low yeah, and can't close it, <laughs> yeah. you know, or I love it when they come in higher cause it makes me feel great that they're walking into the house with escrow and that's happened recently. So I'm happy about that. As a buyer, you want to make sure that you hire your own inspectors that usually your realtor, your your buyer's agent will recommend to you? Correct. I have a whole team. I'm, I always tell everyone I'm a one-stop shop. I have a great lender I've worked with for the last seven, eight years. I don't worry about him closing, getting my deals closed on time, which you, know, you can have that happen a lot. Um, I have uh, my property inspectors I've worked with the entire time that I have been a realtor. They're great great guys. Um, the appraiser that's ordered by the lender and yeah. I have absolutely zero to do with that. So, but, um, and then I have people that can come and, you know, help fix things or do whatever needs to be done. You know, if things need to be done, if the seller wants recommendations, you know, so anything else we need to know about buying or selling a house besides, you know, obviously get a realtor, you know, get a professional that works specifically for you and does their professional job just for you. Well, I would say this, Easy and fun part is finding the house. The contract to close, which is when you go under contract to when you actually close it, is typically a 30 to 45 day process. And it is not fun at all. No. That financing stage is not fun. And that's why I suggest my lender, because Sean makes it the easiest you can possibly make it. But um, I just let them know they're going to be asked for the same things over and over again and have to be sending the same things in over and over again. And it's very redundant and it is not fun. So I want to pre prepare you up front. And that's what I typically tell them. And then of course I have to always remind them to make sure to switch the utilities. <laughs> <laughs> Within 24 hours of taking over the place. Otherwise. No, no, to do it, call and do it beforehand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Otherwise you'll run into the situation where the seller will turn them off on you and then you got to pay for them to be turned back on. I, exactly. I know that it's personally. usually seamless if you call both call in and there's no extra fees. So, yeah. <laughs> Laurie, how can people get a hold of you if they want your advice or opinion or if they're buying something in your area of the what? What do you guys call the just Tampa call the Bay Tampa, area? Yeah, it's not the Tampa a, Bay area. It's not like the central the central west coast of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> um, no really just the, the Tampa Bay area. So, um, yes, they can reach me uh, at 813-846-5014 or email me at lori, L-O-R-I, dot brown, the number 19, at gmail.com. There we go. Thank you very awesome. much for coming on and doing this, and, uh, and thanks for keeping an eye on Kevin for all of us. <laughs> thanks, Brian. It was great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you to uh, SmokingPipes.com, Missouri Mearsham, Savinelli Pipes, and Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco for sponsoring the show. And that's just been some food for thought. Mm -hmm.